1: Welcome along to the Rocking Road Rewind. I'm Kevin Byrne and I'm joined today by Dave Boy McCauley to discuss Carl Frampton's legacy in boxing in Irish history. And uh, who better to discuss it with than Dave Boy McCauley who has been ringside for so many of the Jackals great nights and really has known all of the fighters I'll discuss in the next uh, short while. So welcome to the show Dave Boy.
2: Cheers uh, Kevin. Good to be here.
1: Excellent to have you, you know, your punditry on RT sport is, is missed big time.
2: You're yeah, they, they hang your
1: Double Nah, they were the great days that I got into boxing around that. I got really into boxing around that time. And, uh, yeah, every Saturday night, some Fridays, there was just, I don't know boxing from all over Ireland, Letterkenny, Belfast, Limerick, it was all over the place and it was great, great days.
2: Jimmy McGee was a very, very, very smart and a very, very good quality. I mean, I was able to bounce off Jimmy. Jimmy was very good at bringing you in at the right time. So, I mean, even though I knew all the ins and outs about boxing, but when you have somebody like Jimmy McGee being the front man, and he made life a lot easier for me. I mean, Jimmy McGee was probably one of the best ever. He did all the GEA sports. He was very, very, if he did the hurling, he did the, the Gaelic. I mean, he was good at all. The whole lot, like rugby, whatever. He was very good and uh, boxing I mean Jimmy he could talk and that was his that, that's that's where he excelled and he didn't talk nonsense he was very very good at what he did and I learned a lot off Jimmy when you're dealing with professionals like Jimmy McGee uh, I mean it, it makes my makes my job being his sidekick a, a lot easier and that's a fact of life
1: yeah, yeah absolutely and you work with some good ones over the years as well like E McNeely and lots of other yeah. big lots of really good commentators too. Like I'm sure Jimmy McGee would have been watching the Frampton fight there uh, recently and and been able to commentate and say stuff say facts about Carl Frampton from when he was boxing at the National Stadium at the age of 13 and 14 because that's just how we that's
2: how we worked wasn't it. He, he knew He's these guys children, yeah. <laughs> you could go back and give you dates. I mean, about this, and I'm sitting there, and I was like, "How does he remember all this? Did they not call him the Memory Man at one stage?" That was the, that was the guy, the Memory Man. yeah. he was. I mean, he, he was incredible. Yeah, he was. He was, uh, he was very, 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 very. He was one of the he was one of the most experienced guys that I'd ever worked with. I mean, I worked with guys in Sky TV, Probox, BBC, ITV. Jimmy McGee is way, 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 way up there with the, with the best commentators on the planet.
1: Yeah, I'd love to pick Jimmy's brains on who is the greatest Irish boxer of all time. I think to to many people's minds, it's Jimmy McLaren because it's just the the number of Hall of Fame fighters he fought. Um, And I I suppose it's difficult to judge Jimmy McLaren against the modern era. So we're going to discuss Carl Frampton's place in Irish boxing history today, uh, um, but we'll bring it from maybe your era in the eighties and onwards uh, up to up to modern times. So I've picked out six myself. Two from your era, two from the 90s, or two from the 80s and early 90s, two from the 90s and on, and two from now. So those those six are yourself, Dave Boy and Barry McGuigan, then from the 90s on, you've, and uh, you have Steve Collins and Wayne McCullough, and um, from today's point of view, Carl Frampton and Katie Taylor. And funnily, all six of you could claim to be kind of the best of, of the best in the last
2: 30 or 40 years. If you're going back, maybe f- you know, from the seventies up to when I when I think of the the boxing's great uh, fighters from way back, you you John Codwell, Whale, you're Renny Monaghan, and and uh, there two uh, come to me right away. I, I mean, they were very, very, very good in their day. You know, so yeah. every era is different. I, I mean, I think me and Barry McGuigan would have been probably the, the best two in the eighties in Ireland, and, uh, and uh, Steve Collins. Uh, I'm not sure to put Wayne McCulloch in there because, and like, not being disrespectful disrespectful to Wayne, but Wayne he was world champion, but he he wasn't world champion for any real length of time.
1: Um, okay. I suppose there's lots of different criteria for how do you judge greatness. You know, who did they actually fight, or what did they achieve, or what records did they set? And of the six I mentioned, Wayne McCulloch fo- fought the most past or present world champions in ten. 10 world champions he fought. Yeah, yeah I didn't
2: realise yeah. it. Well, I, didn't yeah. I have to give, a, I have to give a, a wee bit more credit. than I, did.
1: I didn't realise. It's incredible. So it goes from, um, his first was Rabanales and, and the last was Larios. And, but in between, you have like Hall of Fame names like, you know, Morales, Hamid. I know he lost to them, but he beat other world champions like uh, Yakashiji, uh, Bueno and Rabanales as well at the start. So he, I think he's beaten, Way McCullough has beaten five world champions. Not no, necessarily when not necessarily when they're holding the, the belts, but they might have gone and picked it
2: up afterwards, or they might have been past champions. But yeah, I, oh, and I didn't realize that. I don't know a whole lot about uh, William McCulloch because he a lot, lot of his fighting based based in America. Yeah, so you, you hear so little about it. But uh, if he achieved all that, yes, you have to maybe put him in there. Yeah,
1: I suppose. Uh, like a lot of people have their backers. We had a guy, Paul Griffin on it. Paul, many people see as one of Ireland's greatest ever amateurs. And he was, he was European champion in 91, but he, he was a good friend of Wayne's and he always maintains Wayne McCullough is the best Irish professional he's ever seen. But the, you know, there's, and Carl Frampton, I think has him in, has him top of the list in his. Now Frampton doesn't have himself in his own list, but he, he has Wayne top in the list of Irish boxers from 1990 onwards. But uh, we have John Breen on there recently. And he said, Dave boy, is by far, is definitely the best Irish boxer of the last 50 yeah. years.
2: But
1: you know, ESPN yeah. picked Barry McGuigan. Jim Rock recently went with Steve Collins, and lots of people would go with Steve Collins. Yeah, so
2: Steve Collins was uh, very good, yeah. yeah. Steve was very good. I trained with Steve for years. He trained at our, at our gym in Belfast for years. Why maybe people might put, might put me in there is because a lot of my fights were very exciting fights. I mean, the rewards. It's not maybe because I was... I was brilliant, but I just was involved in so many hard fights. I had 23 fights as a professional, and I think I had about 23 wars. You know, so <laughs> mine were really hard yeah. fights. Like, I was put down so many, so many, many times. Like people just joke with me that I have a cauliflower arse. You know, I mean, and that's why maybe people have me there as one of the great, one of the great fighters. But it's only because I was involved in all those wars. That, I mean, if you're not involved in exciting fights, it's very hard to. They put you into a to a category of being one of the best, or in the top five, or the top ten, whatever it may be. I think to to do that, you have to be to be to get in there. You have to be you have to be very 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 good. You have to be involved in wars and come out on top most of the time, and you have to be what the as an exciting fighter. I think me personally, I give fighter for money. Yeah, I mean when anybody anybody came to watch me, I mean in the King's Hall when I was top of the bill in the King's Hall was packed out. I yes. didn't go to the King's Hall. It was a big night in people's houses. Those who could get, you know, when they get a, a Scottish TV or they could get, you know, RTE, because R- I think my, my fights were out live on RTE television. They arranged their, their, uh, their nights out whenever I was fighting together, have a night in and, and have parties in the house and watch my fight. I didn't, didn't know these things, but they, um, in my eyes, and to get into uh, uh, mm-hmm. any top five or top ten boxers in the company that you live in. I think you, you need to be involved. You need to be a, a, an excited fighter. You need to be involved in wars. And you need to be successful. And, be, and that's the reason why I was put in, I think, is because I was involved in so many wars. Yeah, absolutely. Was, well, you, need, you need to be managed well. You need
1: to have guts and resilience. Because like, uh, of the six fighters I mentioned there, four, four of them won world titles on their first, on their first world title shot. So, you know... Uh, that would be uh, Frampton, McGwigan, Tail- and Taylor, and uh, Wayne McCullough. They all won their first world title shot. Yeah. But you and Steve Collins didn't win it until your third world title shot. Yeah. Uh, and yes, you guys had like you guys had some of the most world title world title fights of that number of that group as well. You had that resilience, which meant that your wi- your management were willing to put you in against anybody and willing to put you on the line because you weren't afraid to lose, which led to the entertainment factor too.
2: Yeah, I did, but uh, like the way it was, like I was never being groomed, and, and I don't think because Steve trained in our gym for I forget for many years. Uh, like Steve Collins wasn't being groomed to be a word champion, and I wasn't being groomed to be a word champion. We got there through sheer guts and determination. Uh, like uh, we was groomed in America, McGuigan was groomed, uh, Roy Webb was, was was being groomed to be to go into greater things. Uh, but he he, uh, he 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 failed at that. Uh, Carl front was groomed, you know. Like, like Steve and I, we took the hard road. I mean, because we had the fight here when they put in front of us. We we I I never had a I, I never had a hand picked opponent once in my whole career, the whole way through. Uh, even my first fight against Joe Mulami, I mean. We didn't realize he was a puncher, and uh, he, he put me down in the first round. I, I got I got a draw, which was pretty lucky. But I mean, everybody who had fought, and because I remember uh, training with Steve at our gym for years, and uh, when we were fighting, like Steve Collins didn't have any hand-picked opponents. He was he fought whoever the management put in front of him, and I was the same. And whereas there's a lot of fighters uh, who, when you look back at the records, because I was I seen how I've seen how it works. So hand picked opponents guys with one arm, one leg and one eye, <laughs> I mean, and and that's where it, that's where it happened for a lot of fighters and then, and it still happens today and, uh, and I've seen it happen today. And then when they put that of fighter in who's fought 25 guys with one arm, one leg and one eye, then they put him on with somebody with two arms, two legs and two eyes.
1: Yeah,
2: You know, he doesn't know what to do because they're not falling down. And I've seen that happen so many times and that's why. The route that uh, Steve Collins and I took is probably the best route because we didn't have any hand-picked opponents. We just fought whoever they threw at us because they threw anybody in with us. I mean, I always happened to be somebody who was half decent. Yeah, I didn't have one hand-picked opponent. And from my first fight to my last fight, apart from when you, when you make a voluntary defense if you weren't what happens is you have to fight a guy in the top 10. In my day, you, you fought somebody in the top 10 in the world. You couldn't fight anybody outside the top 10 because, up even for a voluntary defence. So, what you're trying to do was you're trying to pick somebody who was on their way down in that top 10, not on their way up. So, it wouldn't be an easy defence, but it's easier than fighting somebody who's on their way up. Yeah, See, absolutely. The, you know what I mean? It's a hand picked the opponent to a certain extent, but he's still in the top 10 in the world. And he's not totally on his way, but he's, he's heading that way. He's not heading. He's not heading north. He's heading south, and that's the guy. And you try to get the guy who's heading south more rapidly than.
1: Well, that's how you got your. That's how you got your third world title shot, isn't it? Because Duke McKenzie and his team kind of said, oh, "Well, you know, Dave Boy McCauley's kind of on his way down here, so we'll t- we'll give him the shot." And yeah. you had to upset the apple cart, I, I believe. Um-
3: Hold up.
0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
3: When you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty. You stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires.
0: Call 800 333 kia for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000 mile powertrain and five-year, 60,000 mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.
1: Of the, of the six boxers I mentioned, the most title fights, Steve Collins and Katie Taylor have both had 11 title <laughs> fights and Katie Taylor's gonna surpass that now in May.
2: That's all really, I mean, that's that is very, very, very good. I think I had nine. I think it was
1: it nine I had. Nine, correct. So, yeah, you're next in the list, uh, joint with Wayne McCullough. Nine title fights. The wheel of
2: nine today. Did huh? I didn't realise
1: he had as many as that. It's A staggering amount. Yeah, because he had like the two fights with Larios. He did two fight t- title fights at um, featherweight against Harrison and Hamed. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had go, go a good few fights, a couple of defenses of his WBC bantamweight title. So, yeah, it all has up nine title fights. Really? Then you've got Frampton on eight and Barry McGuigan, four. Four. He, he, he was kind of more short but sweet. I think ESPN recently ranked kind of Irish boxers of the last fit. Well, it actually wasn't that recent. It was before Frampton and Taylor, I suppose, became a force. But ESPN would have had Barry number one in the list of Irish boxers of the last, kind of maybe the post-Rinty Monaghan era. And, um, he's the only member I've mentioned who's in the hall of fame. That's his kind of claim to fame and, yeah. you know, thir- 32 wins, three losses, 28 knockouts beat hall of fame or Pedrosa, uh, four, three world champions beat two and a lot of people would have McGuigan as number one, but then a lot of people in Belfast would say he was well managed and kind of given an easy one Your old trainer, John Breen would think that uh, I'm yeah, not sure I
2: agree, but... Well, I, I know, I know, I know, because I was there, I know exactly what happened. I, like, I couldn't say, because you know, he ended up getting sued, I know exactly what happened. You know, <clears throat> it's, a, it's a thing I don't really, you know, I don't really want to discuss, but I, I know how uh, McWaggins career, put it, I guess he had a very, 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 very good manager.
1: He had a good manager, but nevertheless personality and kind of backstory is only going to get you so far and he could really fight and you know he was oh well, he was given the, he was given the exposure on television and yeah. he was sink or swim really and he did beat some good fighters and,
2: well, he, he, there's no doubt he was good there's no doubt in my mind I would say he probably has maybe the best fighter Aaron's produced but uh, he was good there's no doubt about it. because like, when I was in the gym uh, along with him and I uh, used to watch him sparring, sparring myself and uh, he was very powerful. You know, very strong. I would probably think he, he probably is a bit the best fighter Ireland's ever had. You know, and, and uh, without a doubt, like it was his style was was good. You know, and he mean, he had he had great trainers that he had any show, and he had uh, I think Bernardo check in at the latter end of his career. But I mean, he had a, he had loads of talent. I mean, I and mean, he 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 was powerful. Uh, he was strong. You know, and he he had a good chin, like. I would think, without doubt, he is probably the best fighter Adams will ever have. I, I I can't see him really being surpassed, to be quite honest with you. Yeah,
1: not by Frampton. Um, like I suppose Frampton had Frampton picked up a belt at a third weight. The argument from maybe him and his team is he's created a unique piece of history. Uh, nobody's ever won a belt at a world title belt at three different weights. Although Katie Taylor could do it within sometime in the next six months if she goes at welterweight. but, but
2: Kevin, without wanting to, to I'm, I'm not running Carr Frampton down. But if you put Carl into the uh into uh, the the nineteen eighties, like you take you take the you take the featherweights that, and the bottomweights that were around in the late seventies and early eighties. I mean, you've Zuma Nelson, you've Barry McGuigan. uh who there, there's loads of I mean there's loads of very, very strong and very good featherweights. Like like car is good, but if, I, I think if you put them back into at fellerweight into the uh, into the nineteen eighties you wouldn't have counted. Now maybe a, a super bat- or battle yes, but I mean in the in, in the eighties, the McGuigan's era, there was some very, very, very powerful boys about and very I mean, very strong boys, very good fighters, you know, I mean there was there was there was as tough as brick walls. I mean there were some really good, good I mean and the 1980s, I think is one of the best er- eras ever for boxing. You take like the likes of Hagner and Hearn and and sugar ray, I mean there's loads of uh, I mean, there's loads of different weights where there was loads of fantastic fighters about. And I think the 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 nineteen eighties was one of the best decades for boxing at all divisions. And I think right now that the standard of boxing right now just wouldn't be as 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 high as what it as what it was in the 1980s. Because remember there only was three world titles in the in the nineteen eighties. Now there's as I said, we're world word titles today. A, well, just there, for, for clarity,
1: like I suppose for the for the purposes of this exercise, I've I've counted the WBO, you know. So if you if you won a WBO, even in its early days, I've counted that as a world title. Uh and I know it it only kind of gained more respectability as we went on through the years. Um I suppose though, like if you look at on the on the plus side for Frampton, like he did fight um I think Nonito Donaire and he beat him. Uh, no, I know Nonito Denaire's chosen weight wasn't featherweight, but he's beaten a future Hall of Famer. I think Santa Cruz is going to make it into the Hall of Fame probably as well. Uh, Frampton has wins over both of them. He's the first Irish boxer to unify titles. Yeah. Um, well, he a lot. But
2: well, what I'm saying is, in my opinion, if, um, if you put him to this day...
1: World Boxer uh, yeah. of the Year as well with the Ring Magazine, ESPN, all those awards, 2016, the yeah. season he had. Anyway, go on, Kerry, continue your point.
2: But uh, if you put, if you put, if you put, uh, I, I remember that Barry McGuigan being asked a question: Does he think that From would have been? Uh, I don't know how the exact words, but one more or less asked: like, How do you think Carter would have fared against you? And I think Barry says oh he would have beaten me. But Barry knows, and I know, and everybody in the boxing world knows, from wouldn't have counted with Barry McGuigan in his heyday, in my opinion, because Barry was very powerful, very strong. Long arms. I mean, I mean, he just, he just, he, he, he was exceptional. And you take the likes of, his, of his, Azuma Zuma Nelson, and his day. I mean, another very powerful fighter. There was two or three or four more other good fellow, I just can't remember their names in, uh, in, in those days. But uh, like South Americans, I mean, they were out of this world. You know
1: what I mean? Salvador Sanchez at the start of the decade,
2: yeah. and on the go, yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm not running cardio. He's good, and as you know, for the era he was born into, what I'm saying is, in my opinion, if, 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 I know you, this is all hypothetical, but put him back into the 1980s, I don't think he would have be been as successful as what he is today in, in boxing. Mm. I don't know your take on that. What do you think?
1: Um. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to see. Yeah, uh, for not just for the reasons that they uh, probably can't stand each other anymore, but I'd love to see the fight between Barry McGuigan and Carl Frampton for sure. Always, always did want to see it. Um, Frampton is, you know, a very intelligent fighter. Barry was a, Barry was a smart fighter. Uh, I'd say Barry probably shaded it in terms of power. Frampton might have been a better mover around the ring, but I think for, I think McGuigan probably came in, you know, a more difficult era to win to win titles, but at the same yeah, time, uh, Frampton, I think Frampton's opposition level stands up well to McGuigan's level. I know, uh, Pedro- like Pedroza was old when, when Barry McGuigan fought him. No, that can't, can't knock the, the victory either. Um, Cabrera, you got Bernard Taylor, but then you got some of the victories Carl Frampton had as well. Like he, you know, the double over Kiko Martinez, who was on a strong run at the time. And we've seen the damage Kiko could do against Bernard Dunn. Um, Get the win against Scott Quigg in Manchester, the win against uh, Leo Santa Cruz in New York, I, I would have probably Barry shading him by yeah. a nose hair maybe, you know, but Frampton's... But I, Frampton's well, uh, I,
2: well I, I I would say more than a nose, but uh, I just think McGuane was, was more powerful. He was stronger. I mean, he could hit harder. And uh, and just the way he moved, it. I mean, if you watch Barry's fights and watch Carter's fights, if you watch one after the other watch them on a... If you can do that. I mean, I just think, don't think there's any. Uh, there's. I just think McGuigan's fought, by, by far the more superior athlete. You know. Yeah, I have,
1: a co- I have a colleague, Joe O'Neill, at Irishboxing.com, who makes a good point, and he just. I think he he shades towards Frampton on on account of Frampton's been the main man in Irish boxing for ten years, and he's put he's dealt with the pressure. You know, he's filled the arenas. He's won away. You know, against like Quig and uh, Santa Cruz, but he's he's packed out crowds at home and abroad. And he's done it for longer. His longe- his his period at the top, I yeah. suppose since he beat Kiko Martinez in 2013 to win the European title until f- still fighting in world world title fights 2021. He's had closer to a decade of longevity, whereas Ray McGuigan's run was shorter and sweeter. But, you know, I, there's no... Like you said earlier on, these are hypothetical questions and we'll yeah. never, ever get to the bottom of them.
2: Yeah.
1: I True. think Wayne McCullough fought the hardest of, of, of everybody. He fought, like, you know...
2: No, he never. Most. He just was a was, was a train. I mean, he just never stopped. I mean, yeah. he was just a uh, 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 perpetual. Uh, I mean, he's a sort of fighter who would break your heart. I mean, he wasn't a terribly big, big, big puncher, but what he lacked in punching power, he made up for his stamina. And he was on you from the start to the finish. Mm-hmm. And to beat William McCulloch, you'd have to be at the very top of your game and very, 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 very fit. I mean, because he was, because he was just like a steamroller. I mean, he just kept going, and he had, a, he had a joke, he was like Steve Calls, he had a joke like Granite, you know, it was very hard, I, I, can't, I can't remember like William McCulloch being put down, I, I, I can't recall him being knocked down,
1: no, Camp? I don't think Camp he up. was, no, no, I don't think yeah. he was put down, no, he had it, like Sean Mannion in the 80s as well, he just, he, the man who was never knocked down is, is almost his moniker now, but, yeah, you just couldn't really be hurt. We'll keep going for the twelve, fifteen, thirty rounds if necessary. Yeah. To beat William McCulloch,
2: you had to be at the top I mean the very, very, very top of the game. You had to be you had to be one hundred percent fit. You had to be uh, a good boxer, you had to be you needed to be an all in one fighter to beat William McCulloch because he just was a wee he he, he just was like a state, he just didn't he just didn't he just was perpetual motion, just didn't stop. I mean you knew if you were fighting McCulloch <laughs> <laughs> no matter how hard you can punch you're going for a long hard hard fight I th- I
1: don't think we're ever going to be able to definitively rank these you, you you kind of suggested maybe Barry is the number one maybe there and did you suggest yeah. maybe would you slip Steve Collins in there in second place yeah. or maybe would you then go I don't know maybe you're, would you be putting
2: yourself third or well, Wayne I mean, or Carl or Casey I'm or just happy I'm just happy to, I'm happy to be in the top 10 I don't care what position I, I'm a the I wouldn't know how to really, I know if I was, if I was doing it, I know who the first two would be, from the, from the third position to the 10th position, I don't know who, but I know either uh, Steve Collins or Barry McGregor would be number one or number two or whatever, that's who I, my own personal opinion, I think McGregor would have the age, Look, even though he didn't have a long career as a, word, as a word champion, but his problem was he trained so hard, he peaked at an early age. Like Barry Bar- McGuigan was on the slide when he was twenty seven, twenty-eight, he was on his way down because he had peaked. Barry trained seven days a week, sometimes three times a day, the whole year round. And uh he peaked. He peaked early in life because of that. You know, he didn't take time off even in the in the uh in the in the uh in the close season in box. He, he trained seven days a week and expired seven days a week yeah. in his own gym in the clothes. So he burnt himself out at an early age because of the way he trained.
1: Even looking at your two careers, uh, you were both young men around the skirt, around the edges of the uh, the Moscow Olympics team in 1980. He, he was sent over and you weren't sent over for other political reasons, I gather. Um, yes. But by the time you became world champion for the first time, he'd already had his last fight and you yeah. went on then to create a record string of title defenses. Yeah. A number uh, three of the fighters I've mentioned of the six uh, Frampton, Katie Taylor and Steve Collins became champions at a second weight. Uh, do you think your claims would be you, you could be number one maybe or so and it doesn't matter now but do you regret not going up and fighting at maybe uh super flyweight,
2: bantamweight? Well, that's, that's what my next move was to be. I was to, uh, to fight a guy called Cobrehole in uh, in America. He then lost his world title.
1: Well of all the boxers we've mentioned uh, from Dave Boye McCauley to Carl Frampton, Wayne McCullough, Barry McGuigan, Steve Collins the, the one who seems to be being guided, probably the very best is Katie Taylor. She fights on May the first against Natasha Jonas, and she's had, yeah, like we said earlier on, she's beaten the most. She's beaten the most champions of the group as well. Ace, although I don't think Katie's uh, opposition has been quite to the same level as any of the the fellas that, that have been mentioned so far. But she's got another world title fight next, and they haven't really taken a wrong step yet. That's her manager, Brian Peters. I suppose was good friends with your manager, Barney Eastwood, and they haven't That's taken that. a wrong step yet. So she's going We'd to continue to, to keep breaking records in my view I think she'll win that fight and uh, she'll go clear most title fights and in a couple of years we'll have another podcast and we'll probably argue when no one will be able to argue why Katie Taylor isn't the number one but we'll see
2: we'll see uh, she's good she's very good, good. Like, I mean she's top class I remember I commented on, uh, on one of her fights I think she, and excuse uh, <laughs> I mean she's devastated when you see her outside the ring you know uh you wouldn't think she was uh, the powerhouse that she is when she's inside the room. I mean, it's like chocolate and cheese, <laughs> and I couldn't believe that party her. Huh? And she, like, she fights like I'm a man. You know, she fights like a like a like a real pro. And uh, I thought, like this girl, uh, I, this girl's going to go to that. And I'm going back like years ago to when I was commentating with Jimmy McGee. Huh? Well, that? That's many years ago. That. In the... Well, I think the
1: fight you're referring to was uh, Caroline Barry at the Three Arena on a burner done uh, Ricardo Cordoba, the undercard to the world title fight, and uh, she beat. It was an exhibition fight against an American called Caroline Barry, and you were commentating it on Jimmy McGee, and Katie Taylor won quite convincingly. Yeah. It was probably the first yeah. time the Irish public got to see her. She was a multiple world champion already yeah. and European champion, but it was probably the first time she was televised live, prime time, and it's very good, it's, very yeah, good. Yeah, explosive
2: performance. It was Carl, uh, Carl, or what's. Uh, Young, uh, young Don Doonda.
1: You know? Don is the high performance director of the IBA. So ah. he's he's the guy now who's uh you know breaking hearts, of, <laughs> breaking hearts of young kids who want to go to the Olympics. Now he's in charge of kind of squad selection and you know well, appoint, appointing the coaches and all. So he's the top man in Irish amateur boxing. So there you go. Brilliant.
2: That's a good position to be in.
1: Absolutely. It's the big one. <laughs> but uh Dave Boy, uh thanks so much for joining us on Rocky Road Rewind I think we'll leave it there uh, yeah. it's been an interesting discussion and I think everyone's going to have their own views on who's who's the number one since it's probably it's Jimmy McLaren and forever isn't it F- fought ho- 14 Hall of Fame boxers you know I don't think you're ever going to beat that no <laughs> <laughs> good evening
2: no. thanks Dave I, my opinion my opinion is McGregor would be number one yeah McGregor or else uh, Steve Collins
1: one of the two fair, fair. Thank you very much, Dave, boy, Macaulay.